Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Welcome to the Mick Ultra Golf Show on Sports Radio 96.1 WSBT. Presented by Michelob Ultra. Locally distributed by United Beverage of South Bend. Michelob Ultra. Superior light beer. Don't compromise. Also sponsored by Bill's Heating of Goshen since 1951. For all your heating, cooling, and plumbing. Also by Pet Refuge, Leck Leitner Door, Sherwood Tire, the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, your local Edward Jones financial advisors. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC and OSMC, the Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Center. And now, the Mick Ultra Golf Show on Sports Radio 96.1 WSBT. A pleasant good morning. Welcome to our Mick Ultra Golf Show on Sports Radio 96.1 WSBT wsbtradio.com and our wsbt radio app on this saturday morning my name is darren pritchett joined by my two terrific co-hosts john foster the general manager at warren golf course at notre dame and tim firestone the owner of blackthorn golf club in south bend guys good to be with you how are you i'm just fine darren thank you for asking it's always my pleasure to ask and (laughs) I'm assuming, and I'll get to the reason why I'm asking this in a second, but I'm betting you're probably looking forward to 72-degree weather on Tuesday and the rest of the week looking awfully, awfully good after the interesting weather week we had here in the South Bend uh, area. Glad I don't own this place. How is it as a owner, <laughs> Well, I'm going to tell you how, how smart I am, John. We aerified on Monday and Tuesday. You're a, so, you are a vision I mean, genius. That's just yeah, I mean, how much uh, more psychic can one be? <laughs> the Einstein of South Bend Golf. Full... Hey, Darren, I'm guessing he still charged full rates, though, even with the air. <laughs> <laughs> well, he saved so much money by you picking up golf balls in the driving range. I mean, you he probably could right. do a little discount. <laughs> That's true. I... I need John to come over here. To, uh, John, we haven't really talked about this on the show yet, but the, the manufacturers are having a hell of a time getting us problems, oh. and we are like out of range balls. And it's like July until they can first get us uh, a shipment. So, Tim, it's crazy. crazy. You know, um, we, we have a double whammy going on because our teams use Pro V ones. Okay, and they hit onto the same range as we do, so we have to sort them as well and then this year they kicked in some tailor-made and so at least the we don't have to sort those two out they can take them both but it's it's not only that and then yeah we tend to lose balls in the woods that we have um it's and, and we're having the same problem we're on back order for for range balls you're on back order for everything uh yeah. equipment wise uh, in, in golf right now uh darren we're both suffering okay. from that Okay, two questions. Well, one statement, one question. First off, yeah. I'm just now picturing the scene in Ten Cup where Ten Cups at the U.S. Open put a couple of these Pro V ones in the bag that they're you know on the driving range. <laughs> uh, <laughs> believe me, it's 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 happened here. So, oh, I'm uh, sure. 
we, we come, sometimes the guys down at the other end, the, the golf team members will hit them to where they're rolling up on the range, and it's like, everyone you roll up there, boys, you're losing. So you might want to hit three <laughs> Speaking of that, you know what? When Tin Cup was shanking and he had him turn his hat and put the quarters in the different side of his pockets, <laughs> yeah. that's a heck of a thing to mentally actually forget about swinging the golf club. I think that's genius. Well, maybe you should try it then. My golf swing is just fine right now. I haven't shanked one yet this year, so I don't need any of that stuff right now. Oh, God. Just fine. Well, I'm hoping next week I can venture out to your facilities. I have a little vacation time next week. In fact, when this show's over, I'm on vacation, so we could hurry this up. You know, I'd like to get rolling here, so come on. I got things to do, places to see, guys. Come on. Oh, goodness. I mean, only for you guys would I – Hold off my vacation just just to do this show. I'm telling so, you. So let me ask. So you're you know you're doing all of these games, all these live sports events and stuff, Darren. No boys. Um, on your vac on your vacation, do you like go to baseball games and stuff, or is it like a bus busman's holiday where you got to get get away from it? I'm actually going to help do the Cubs White Sox AAA game on Monday. Just for fun, before I go to my son's high school baseball game. So I'll be attending my son's high school baseball games okay. next week, and I'm going to be venturing out doing some different things. But yeah, well, do you I, like sit in the stands and do? Even though you're not on air, you do play by play at your son's game. No, I, I spend most of my time shaking my head that how in the world do these JV umpires get jobs? But oh, geez, oh, I mean, last Saturday. Last no, I, I didn't. Say, I did not say a word. <laughs> Normally, I've turned over a new leaf, but there were five missed calls, four on our team and one on the other team, and I'm just kind of like, well, what can you do? I just feel for the kids that have to deal with that stuff. But is that why you're losing your voice? Is you've been going to your son's games and screaming? <laughs> I've been quiet, so it can't be that. I've just got a little cold right now. It's just oh, okay. one of those things. But you know. John, you always fight through your injury, so I'm going to just fight through this as well. So you're my inspiration. It's, it's getting harder and harder, boys, believe me, because uh, every day I wake up, there's a new pain somewhere. So. Just like Chicago sings at Notre Dame Stadium at halftime, you're the inspiration, John. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you need to find another uh, inspirational person, I believe. Oh, goodness. Anyway, so I never did get to my question. Why in the world is there a shortage in range balls? Does it have to do with manufacturing last year where things shut down due to COVID? Or what's the reason why we don't have range golf balls that are being delivered? Sure, Tim, go in. Well, it's all golf balls. It's all equipment. It's yeah. everything. And so it's all driven by, I think, two things. Number one is, yes, COVID shut down. There were actual raw materials that are needed to, to make uh, the golf balls and component parts for the clubs. Um, and then there's such a demand because everybody's getting yeah. back in the game. Yeah. So it's a two double-edged sword. I, I know one of the other problems um, has been, I know this is the case with Tideless because they manufacture all their golf balls in the U.S. So they're out in Massachusetts. They couldn't get people to come back to work when they opened the plants again because mm. of the generous unemployment benefits that were being paid. And it's still a struggle for them. So, Raw materials are, are a bit of an issue with them, but it's more labor uh, in order to produce these things uh, out in Massachusetts. So uh, same case, not not the same necessarily in terms of lead times, but um, ordering clubs, too. It used to be, as Tim can attest, you place an order on a Monday, 
clubs will be in on Thursday. Uh, it's three to four weeks out now at least. So, I mean, wow. it's good from one standpoint. I mean, the demand is up, like Tim said. But we really need to respond more quickly to things or we're going to lose some people, you know. So. Wow, I had no idea this was going yep. on. I, I never imagined there would be a shortage in range balls. Actually, I've got like eight dozen golf balls from golf tournaments I've been in through the years that are sitting in my closet. Would that help at all? I mean, I could give you a good price yeah. on those. I'm going to go find some pond balls. I'm going to be in the 18th <laughs> pond today with my scuba gear. <laughs> You know what? I'd be really curious to know how many you would find. Oh, my gosh. We haven't cleaned that out in probably 15 years. There oh, must no. be 10,000 balls in there, maybe more. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I know one, one of yours is in there. I know. I was just thinking when I was trying to break 80 there, I had broken 80 yeah. once since, but, yeah, I had a chance, took out the old three iron, trying to reach the green and two, needed birdie for 79, and went right in the lumber yard, unfortunately. But that's okay. I don't play enough. I didn't deserve that score. I, I need to play more to deserve a score uh, like that. You played that's great sure. that day. Yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. Well, I, I owe it all to my teachers, that's for sure. And – I have to admit that John gave me this little practice technique probably three years ago. And, John, I don't know what you call it, but it's where you hold your hand straight out and then just turn to the side with the club to remember where the club needs to go. And right. that's really right. made yeah. a big, big difference. I, yeah, I don't you know hold why. Your hands out and then hold the club straight up in the air and just simply make a shoulder turn. Yeah. And when it stops, that's exactly the position you need to be in. So, yeah, you know what? That was three years ago. I can't find that check anywhere. Does it expire? <laughs> Does, would, it, would it be expired by now, Darren? I'm still looking for it, so I was just wondering. I, you know what, John? Actually, I believe the radio station took that and just put it into your check that you get okay. um, every decade. So it, it should I be coming. I wouldn't have noticed that amount. That's true. You know, it, it's like Bobby Bonilla, who used to play for the Mets. He got that contract with the Mets, and he's still getting paid today $1 million. That's going to be you. Like 2052, it's going to kick in, man, and you're going to be rich. A teaching annuity, huh? That's I'm right. looking forward to it. How old do I have to be again? Uh, <laughs> about 106, I think. Well, I was going to say, it may, uh, compound that with my Social Security payments. I'll have some tax issues. <laughs> so let me see. We're now about nine minutes into the show, and I'm hearing a buzzer that maybe we lost someone on the phone. I'm not sure. but It was Timmy, I believe. I think we lost Tim. We'll try to get him back. But, John, maybe you can – well, I know you can answer this question. So we had snow on April 20th, and yep. that's obviously not good for golf owners because there's no golfers on the golf course. I'm trying to find a positive. Is there anything good about snow that – that was on the ground for a short time for a couple of days and helping a golf course. And over the winter time, it can be a positive, but what about on April 20th? Yeah. I mean, it would be different if it was a, a blanket covering for a, a week or so since the grass is growing and the bent grass has come out of kind of hibernation. Um, it would be an issue, Darren, but this basically just supplied us with about a tenth of an inch of rain. You know, the, the, it was been dry. So I guess the one positive is it added some moisture um, it didn't really do any damage just to the bottom line, not, not to the course itself. Okay, that's good news. Well, yeah. I know Tim has mentioned the first couple of weeks of the golf show that 
He's off to a record-breaking start at Blackthorn. Golfers are coming out in droves right now, so that is awesome to hear. And, John, you mentioned last week that you continue to see rewards from having the U.S. Senior Open at Warren in 2019. Is there really any way to measure the impact of the U.S. Senior Open coming to Notre Dame? Is there a way you guys try to figure out how much of an impact it's actually had on your golf course? It's hard, Darren, because had we not had the pandemic last year, I think it would be pretty easy because we have obviously historical numbers um, that that actually have been improving over the years because I think the the popularity of the golf course has improved, but nothing like last year. So let's say we're up 20%. It's hard to say what is attributable to the senior open, what's attributable to the pandemic, but I can tell you, and, and we laughed about it, but it's true. I was outside in the parking lot most of last year with all the guests that came, I talked to all of them. And just anecdotally, probably 50% of the people had never been here before, and they came because they saw it on TV. So huh. um, I think even without the pandemic, we would have seen a substantial increase in our business last year. And that's not a short-term effect. Um, one thing we found, and this is where we've always wanted to be. So, you know, you and your buddies go and you go to – South Carolina. It's like, okay, we want to play this, this, and this. It's it's the rotation you play when you go to a certain area. And it used to be in this area, a lot of people, especially private club members, would go to Point of Woods, and they would play Harbor Shores, or they would play the Dunes, um, Lost Dunes. We were never on that list. We now find people that have come here and said, we were at the uh, Lost Dunes yesterday, playing here today, we're going to Harbor Shores tomorrow. So we've kind of made that, we're on that rotation now, and it's kind of the bucket list for a lot of players, and it's due to us having hosted the championship. I don't see that uh, diminishing substantially in the near future. And, Tim, from your standpoint, I do remember that when the pandemic was going on last year, you had a huge, huge, I think, boost from people coming over from Chicago to play your golf course. Again, I'm not sure you have ways to measure things, but do you have a sense with this record-breaking start you're having at Blackthorn, how much of it is local and how much of it is people from, you know, outside the area coming to play your golf course? I mean, I think we still get some uh, play, you know, to John's point, but nowhere near what we had last year. Um, so this year, I think the growth that we're seeing is basically just from the popularity of the game and the new demand. And uh, um, we see that with our black card sales and our membership sales. Um, those, you know, a lot of new faces we've never seen or heard from, but they're from this area. Those wouldn't be like Chicago land people. So I would say the, the most of the growth is here locally. Tim Firestone, John Foster, Darren Pritchett. This is the Mick Ultra Golf Show on Sports Radio 96.1 WSBT. Well, guys, the tour was down in Hilton Head, South Carolina last weekend. And Stuart Sink had another really good weekend, won the RBC Heritage, shot a final round, one under par 70 to beat Harold Varner III. And Emiliano Grillo by one shot. And for Sink, that's his second win of the year. Before this year, guys, he had not won in 11 years on the PGA Tour. He was 144th in the FedEx Cup and 300th in the world after he missed the cut at the Wyndham Championship to end last season. 
And according to Sink, he changed his equipment. He says he became more efficient. He added a new trainer, which he has gained more strength and mobility, and he's began to adopt a whole new style of play, adding a little more power to his game. Guys, i got to be honest, before this recent run, I'd kind of forgotten about Stuart Sink. Of course, if I remember correctly, didn't he win the Open that Tom Watson almost? Yes, he did. Almost stole that one at when he was in his 60s and lost in a playoff. I'd kind of forgotten all about Stuart Sink, and all of a sudden he's popped back up. He's always reminded me, even though I'm not talking about golf swing or anything, but just style of play and just personality. It kind of goes into that Tom Lehman category for me, just methodical, nothing spectacular, just very efficient. Mm -hmm. But where did Stuart Sink come from? My goodness, it's kind of cool to see a guy like that pop back up on the scene with all these young guns we're seeing all across the world having a chance to win right now. Well, that was the perfect golf course for him to do it. I mean, that is the tightest golf course you'll see on tour. You know, I mean, every single hole is cut through the trees. And, um, I mean, he hit the ball so well. I mean, he hit, I forget what the number of greens and regulation were, but he didn't miss very yeah. many greens all weekend. But the story yeah. of the week, was his kid on the bag as the caddy. I don't know if you guys have heard any of the clips yeah. um, of them talking, but it was hilarious and such a cool <laughs> story. Um, and not a bad weekend for a 20-year-old kid to make, you know, 170 grand carrying the bag. So, Tim, do you think do you think he actually paid him the standard the standard amount or was it like <laughs> I don't know, just 5 grand stay out of trouble? Yeah, well, that and pulled a uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, Matt, that would have been Kuchar. That would have been Matt Kuchar. So I guess maybe he didn't give him the full amount. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if his son actually needs it. He's an engineer working for Delta. He was going to work for Delta, and I guess now Sink knew the CEO of Delta called him and said, "Hey, what would you do?" He wasn't asking for a favor, and the and the CEO sure. said, "You know what." Have your son continue to caddy. It's a once-in-a-lifetime. We think he'll be with Delta for 40 years, and we'll be happy wow. to wait another year for his services. So it sounds like he's going to be oh, on the bag cool. going forward. And knowing his line of work, I probably imagine that in time, 170000 will be a drop in the bucket. <laughs> wow. Well, you're a fountain of knowledge. And That's what, why we have you on the show. Can. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you say, Tim? It's one weekend. I said it's one weekend. I don't think he's going to make it 170 a weekend. Oh, no. No, no, no. I'm just saying in a few years, that bank account probably will be pretty good. He'll he'll just oh, lose, yeah. he'll lose that $170,000 in the couch, more than likely. <laughs> yep. Well, what about I, the other brother? Wouldn't he be jealous, you know, that you yeah. see the family shot at the end there? The other brother's got to be kicking himself. <laughs> oh, gosh. Dang. Bro just made all that money, and I'm over here in the stands. I, I feel at times like that, brother, because, I mean, here I am. I, I should have gotten to the golf business like you guys, and now I'm just slumming it on the radio right now. Yeah, yeah. it's a typical payday for us, too. Yeah. <laughs> but Hilton Head, Mike, good, go you ahead. Know what, Darren, it's a good time to bring up the difference between a golf professional and a professional golfer. People tend to interchange ah. those words. Mm-hmm. and. They're so different. So, 
there, there are some differences, but obviously Tim averages 67 per round, and John's right around 68 and a half. So other than that, I'm sure there are probably some differences. Yeah, zeros in the, in the paycheck. That's the difference. Well, at least you have to pay a caddy. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you, you keep more of that cash. But what a beautiful golf course. And I hear South Carolina is beautiful this time of the year, John. So what a great place <laughs> for Stuart Sink to win. At, at inside head. there, inside well, joke. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I guess they they like plaid down there in South Carolina. So that plaid jacket, I always think, is pretty cool. That goes to the winner of the Heritage. If you're if you're um, Ted Baxter or whatever his name was on Caddyshack, right? Did oh, he? Yeah. And I really hate to invoke Caddyshack, but that's really your job, Darren. But I think that's yeah. what he had on. The Judge Smales. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I, I got nowhere to go with that. Actually, well, so. yeah. I, okay. <laughs> we we've covered Tin Cup. We've covered Caddyshack. I don't know. Are there any other movies we've we've left out that we need to work in from yeah, a golf Bagger standpoint? Vance, but that's a Bagger Vance is a little too uh, deep for us. Yeah, we don't understand what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Al Chervik is more our our style, I think. <laughs> Name dropper. That's you. Oh, boy. I don't know. Anyway, so I'm going to read you this story. And as individuals that are in the golf business, I'm just curious to hear you groaning or moaning or whatever you're going to do as I read this story. So this is out of Kansas City, Missouri, Jackson County's 18-hole Fred Arbanis Golf Course is closed all month, and the county will be out more than $100,000 because someone – misapplied lawn chemicals last fall, killing grass on 95% of the greens at the course. Workers have been replacing damaged sod on the course's greens with sod hauled in from Colorado as the county's own sod farm was depleted from last year's renovation of the county's par 3 course. And (laughs) after discovering that the excessive application of pre-emergent herbicide last fall had killed the grass. The new sod was estimated to cost $27,525, and the county planned to contract with a company to help with the preparation installation at $8,000. So, guys, that's a $35,000 mistake of misapplied lawn chemicals. What in the world do you think they put on the greens to cause that? Well, it's a crab. Excuse me. It, well, I, no, I think it's a probably the crabgrass preventer that if you apply it too soon, uh, like in November, I don't know of anything else they would be applying in that quantity, Tim, unless it's a growth regulator. So the pre-emergents are normally applied in March and April before the crabgrass actually uh, comes up. But I don't know. Um, it's happened around here. There's a private club that a few mm-hmm. years back, they actually did, like Tim yep. said, there was some, some Roundup that was mixed in instead of oh. fertilizer. Oh. Yeah, it wasn't good. So, Have yeah. you ever had anything, not necessarily that bad, happen at a golf course you've been at? Is there any stories that come to mind for you? 
Well, the, the scariest thing for me, and this was really scary leading up to the Senior Open, are hydraulic leaks on mowers, which happen. Mm-hmm. And you've seen greens that have these lines on them or fairways yeah. that have the brown burnout. It's because a hydraulic hose will let go, and you don't know. You know, you can't see it uh, if you're riding mm-hmm. a mower. And we were so afraid. You know, it happens from time to time that we have – and sometimes they don't notice it right away. It goes two to three fairways. So that was my biggest fear, Tim. I don't know. I, I don't recall anything that Blackthorn that was anything of that. Well, that one, we had an incident with, um, boy, this is probably 15 years ago. And on the eighth green, um, it was back when we were trying to get rid of all of the oh, um, poem oh. out yep. of the yep. bent grass. And we no longer do that. Obviously, it's a, you can't. It's a losing battle. But um, yeah. John used uh, a chemical recommended by one of the chemical companies to to get yeah. rid of the poana. Uh oh. Yeah. Which it did. But guess what? <laughs> uh, over fifty percent of the green was poana. Yeah. So the it was pretty nasty and ugly uh, uh, on the eighth green there one year. Um, wasn't John's fault and. Uh, we just uh, did not. Uh, I do remember. I do remember that. that, that yeah. yeah, I remember. Hmm. So. Put, put it on the green. Automatic two putt. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what we did to be honest. I think John was thrilled to keep his job, and um, <laughs> I don't know. That shows you what a nice guy Tim is. You know. Yeah. Is John yeah. you or a different John? No. Oh, this is John Quickstad. I wanted to make sure because people listening at home might be assuming, wow, that was a screw up by Foster there. Uh, Well, they believe that I screwed up, but nobody would trust me with chemicals. So it certainly was not me. We keep him on the range. Yeah, I'm the only guy with a degree in chemistry in the golf business who would not allow near chemicals. Do you really have a chemistry degree? Yeah. Yes, I do, sir. I you sound shocked that. by that. I there never would have guessed. Golf. Yeah. It's chemistry and biology as well. So, what were you going to be when you grew up at one time? A doctor. That's what I was going to be, but I decided that I didn't want to be a doctor, so I decided to do some other things prior to being in golf. I played you know, a lot of golf. Yeah. i got to be honest with you. Remember the old show, To Tell the Truth? Yeah. They have three people on the stage, and two of them are lying yeah. about what they do, yeah. and the other one is actually the person. You have to guess who it is. You right. could have played the role of a doctor. I, I'm not kidding you. I never knew that, but you got that doctor look to you. Do I really? Well, yeah. I did miss I, I missed the opportunity then, darn it. So, yeah, I just could not look forward to that much more school. Um, I think, and I obviously didn't have the calling or that wouldn't have mattered. So, although I will say a number of my friends who did pursue med school and became doctors over the past few years have been very envious of my job versus their job because, you know, it's all jobs get old, but I think when you're dealing with sick people day in, day out, it probably gets a lot older than us dealing with golfers day in, day out, I would think. Tim, did you have any idea what you were going to do before you got into the golf business? Did you have a, a route and then all of a sudden you ended up in the golf business or was this always your route? No, I wanted to be a teacher and a coach. I, you know, got my degree from Bethel and 
when I was at Bethel, that was, that's all I wanted to do was teach and coach. Well, I coached the seventh grade basketball team at my alma mater. One year after that, I said, there is no way I'm coaching anything. <laughs> um, and then Blackthorn opened and I started working there yep. and fell in love with the golf business right out of uh, college. So. How about that? And the rest hey. is history. How about that? Well, now John is saving lives in other ways. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said an excellent health example too. That's one thing that came from that. <laughs> you, <laughs> you guys. Thank you, thank you, Doctor Love, for your uh, thoughts yeah. there. Greatly appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we better get to break here because when we come back, we are going to spend a segment talking about some of the things happening right now at the Warren Golf Course Pro Shop. Although, after our initial conversation, I don't know how many golf balls and clubs are in there, but we're going to find out coming up in our next segment as the Mick Ultra Golf Show continues on Sports Radio 96.1 WSBT. Also, we are streaming live at WSBTRadio.com and the WSBT Radio app. Welcome back to the Mick Ultra Golf Show on Sports Radio 96.1 WSBT. I'm Darren Pritchett, joined by John Foster, the general manager at Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame, and Tim Firestone, the owner at Blackthorn Golf Club in South Bend. Well, we're going to take a little tour of the Warren Golf Course Pro Shop right now. Earlier in the program, we found out that golf equipment's, I guess the best way to put it, on back order right now in a lot of cases. But there are still a lot of good options. And, John, I assume you are still associated with the Titleist brand? Uh, yes, I am. For my 20th, I think it's 20th year with them now. Yeah. Do you get anything special for 20 years being associated with the brand? No. <laughs> I would think so, because you could just say, take a hike and jump on with somebody else. Oh, yeah, I'm in great demand for playing. <laughs> They're lined up at the door. <laughs> you don't know that as far as you know, John. I'll tell you that much. Oh, goodness. No, I mean, they have a generous program. Tim, are you on with TaylorMade? Yes. Yeah, okay, I saw it. So, I mean, bo both of those companies are very generous as far as the allowances, you know, a set of irons and, a, and you know, new woods every other year, um, golf balls, as many as you want, gloves, apparel. So it's it's really been a great relationship and the representation for Titleist, uh, with the exception of two-year period a while back that Tim could attest to, uh, they've always been great. The Titleist reps have been fast, fabulous. Hmm. So are the reps kind of like drug reps? They just show up every once in a while and bring you lunch and talk about the no. product? And... No. You know what I found, You know, having been in the corporate world and now here, there's very little entertaining done by the representatives in, in the golf business. Yeah. And that's neither good nor bad. I was just kind of shocked by it. And I, I, I think a lot of it's time sensitivity. I mean, um, I don't know how you are with, with TaylorMade, Tim, but I know you buy from um, – from from uh, Tideless, and they he's here like every two to three months, but he'll take inventory for us of the golf balls. Um, we're very we're a large customer of theirs because of the Notre Dame logo on on their golf balls, wow. and he'll make recommendations as to what our levels are versus in the past. So they do a really nice job, but it's all business when they're here. So mm, okay, yeah. 
Well, as we talk about your pro shop, first off, let's just start with this. Are, is your pro shop open like pre-pandemic? And if so, are there any changes people should know about? Well, uh, I mean, we do have the you know social distancing mask mask required uh, while you're in the the clubhouse here. The, the the grill area is still not open. That's being handled from an outdoor service window. Uh, but the shop itself, other than the mask mandate and you know social distancing, is um, is the same as pre-pandemic. We we have a situation now, as you guys know, we were unable to open. The shop last year during the season till very late in the season mm-hmm. because of some staff shortages, uh, we got a lot of inventory and we got a lot of 30 to 40 percent off stuff that is perfectly good, good stuff. Notre Dame apparel. Um, so we've got yeah, triple X, John. <laughs> we actually have some four X's that oh, we I'll had be in the day. Thanks. <laughs> you can never get them too big. So we've um, we did have a client who ended up moving to Florida, and so yeah, that was our four X guy. So uh, <laughs> anyway, a lot of good deals also on on golf shoes because you know again we just had no activity in here last year, and then from his club standpoint, we do have the new um, Titleist irons and the Titleist woods uh, both in in demo and. Um, uh, Full sets for you to go out and use if you'd like. Demo sets. John, I know we're... Do you guys carry Callaway, John? You know, we we have an account with them. um, But the problem is, and Tim Tim can attest to this, very few people carry stock clubs anymore. But the the companies used to be so good at turning them around that... No, in the, in the old days, you know, they'd come here and say you need to take 10 sets in at the start of the season. Well, with the custom fitting options that there are now, um, they've become their own worst enemy. And also the fact that they turn around in three or four days, there's no reason to bring in stock clubs anymore. So what we have is just strictly Tideless demos. And, um, oh, I'm sorry, guys. Important same, phone call, I can call. tell. I'm sorry. That's okay. We'll just we'll just keep chatting away. We're we're in totally good shape. I mean, you guys are are busy guys, so we 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 fit the golf show within the concepts of of you guys doing a lot of business. And Tim, do you have a lot of choices in, in terms of golf balls you can store in your your golf shop? I guess I didn't ever think about it. You could just kind of pick and choose whatever you want. Well, we actually are uh, uh, Titleist exclusive. I mean. Okay. Titleist dominates the ball market, and uh, from a pricing standpoint, and where we're at, we pretty much just carry the full line of Titleist. And to John's point, the rest will come, you know, every you know couple months, and then figure out what we need, put the order in. A lot of time, they even have stock in their car in a normal environment, and they have to fill it in and give us the invoice. Um, and there's just we feel like such little demand for other brands of golf balls, um, and then it just it doesn't you know makes sense to carry that many different uh, lines of balls so um yeah we have that and we you know obviously tailor-made um we sell the most of uh by far our uh, academy guys uh, randy anderson and matt harrell um you know do the whole uh, fitting process for for people and we like i said we're selling more clubs than we ever have i mean it's crazy hmm. uh we've had probably three or four guys uh just in the last week, everything new, putter, wedge, driver, irons, the whole, 
uh, kit and caboodle. Um, and as, as you know, Darren, the golf clubs now are not cheap. I mean, that's a three thousand no. dollar mm-hmm. investment. Um, yeah. Once you go through and get the, the little kit and caboodle, but I was going to tell John, I've been on staff with TaylorMade since Nike stopped making golf clubs. I don't know how long that's been, maybe five, six years. Yeah. And yeah, that's my, right. my, uh, my anniversary, they're flying me and uh, my partner uh, to Pebble Beach to play for three days in two what? weeks. What? Uh, staying at what? Spanish Bay and uh, playing Spyglass and, and Pebble. So um, I'll wow. be doing the show from... Uh, the Monterey Peninsula. Well, I mean, uh, that's great if you like stuff like that, Tim, but it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> no, Say, wait, wait, wait. Says I, the guy I, I who's played there. Augusta National. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Uh, I'm going to have a talk with my Titleist rep, by the way. You should. You know, the, he the, is in the, trouble. The, the funny part about this story is, John, is that TaylorMade, when you're on staff, they have these uh, tournaments just for their staffers all around the country. Right. Right, and, and last year they couldn't do them because of COVID, so they turned it into like a sales-related uh, contest where you got entries into a drawing. And right. so I got picked out. Uh, my name got picked out. I told the guy, "Oh my, I'm on your staff, but I have not played a competitive round of golf in probably <laughs> ten years. So if you don't mind me coming out there shooting 92, then I'll be there." Wow. And, and we'll, this year, it's everybody and anybody, so don't be, don't worry cool. about it. That's so. great. No, that's really uh, that is fantastic. Wow. Well, I tell yeah, you guys, I'm looking forward to it. Let's let's take a break, and then we'll come back and talk more about Titleist drivers, irons, that type of stuff. We yep. we never got to that. So before we get too deep into the show, let's take a break, and we'll come back. We'll talk more about what Titleist has in store for golfers this year. This is the Michelob Ultra Golf Show on Sports Radio 96.1 WSBT, WSBTradio.com, and also on the WSBT Radio app. The Mick Ultra Golf Show on WSBT Radio. Tim Firestone, John Foster, Darren Pritchett with you. When we last spoke to you, we were talking about Titleist products in the Warren Golf Shop at Notre Dame. If I remember correctly, John, every couple of years, Titleist usually comes out with new drivers and irons. Is this a, a right. new product year? Uh, it is for the drivers and the um, woods, yes. Um, the irons were last year, the T200, T300, T400s. Um, they, they've really differentiated. You know, Titleist used to be way back when a player's club, and you either played one of, of the two. You know, they were all ground. There are no cast clubs at all. Uh, no cavity backing, mostly blades, and now they've really adapted to the, the market. And all of these clubs are, are built for people at different handicap levels. So um, I personally play the T200, which kind of looks bladeish, but it's really forgiving, which I need. Um, but yet, lots of guys on our golf team play the uh, the T100, which is basically a blade, a muscle back. So anyway, they and the cool thing is. We've got TrackMan here now, and I know Tim's got the academy out there. They do a lot of fittings. But we can pretty well tell you which club you need and what the specifications of that particular club is, whether it be an ironwood or hybrid. So, But the drivers this year are the TSI 2 and TSI 3 that they've come out with. And i got to tell you, sometimes they come up with these, quote, improvements, you know, every two years, different drivers. This one is so different than any of the ones they've had out the last 10 years or so. So Titleist used to be known for the bore-through 
shaft. So you can see at the bottom of your your club, you can see where the shaft actually would come out. Um, they had a little, obviously, a cap on that. Mm-hmm. But the last few years, they've gone to just inserting it, um, you know, right at the top of the driver, and it's kind of a hollow sound, uh, which you get for most drivers now, that pingy, hollow sound. They've done a, a equivalent of what a bore-through is, and when you hit this driver, it hardly makes a sound. It's the old days when you kind of hit a persimmon with a ballada, uh, hit a ballada ball with persimmon. <laughs> yeah. There's really no ping, or but, but the ball flies off the face. The the ball speed on this is, is incredible, and even I can see um, you know a distance gain with it. So I'm, I'm really impressed by the fact that they've kind of gone old school with the feel, but the technology is obviously very... Very, very modern. Can you imagine the younger generation of golfer listening to the show and you just said Bellata and Persimmon are like, huh, that must have been great in the 1930s. <laughs> well, I think I've told the story before that I haven't done it as of late, but I, I have in my office the old, um, you know, I've got a Persimmon driver and a three wood here, and I've got just, I don't have any Bellata golf balls, but every year the freshman class of our golfers, I take them out to the 16th tee outside my office and have a driving contest with them, one shot with that persimmon wow. and, and, a, and a ball, and I haven't lost yet. And it's not because I'm even close to their skill level. They, it's just such a foreign feel and a foreign look to them. Yeah. Rarely do they even get over the creek, uh, and that's only like 140 yards away. Isn't so that something? It is a different game. Yeah, different game. With the Titleist irons, John, you were mentioning 100, 200, mm-hmm. 300, 400. Yep. I would assume the T400 is more for the high handi- ha- high handi- well, I'll say it right the third time, <laughs> high handicap player and the 100 more for the competitive golfer? That's correct. Yeah, it is. Yep. Okay. And so and you've, I, got, I, yeah. you've got track Boy, man or whatever that can help figure yeah. out what would be best for them. Launch monitors, yeah. Yep, it shows you. At almost too much information um, that that is required for the scratch players and stuff. Uh, but there are certain key elements of that uh, data points that you can pick out, whether it be spin rate, launch angles, uh, centerness of hit, all these things that will help us, you know, kind of uh, home in on what your what's an ideal club for you. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. And in terms of putters, I assume Scotty Camerons are in the pro shop. Oh yeah, yep. And uh, they keep churning them, churning them out, and the price keeps going up. So every shape it, and size, it's it's crazy. I mean, um, it, what a franchise they've created with him. Uh, and I, I, I used to not play Camerons. I played another guy's putter, but once I've gone to him, I, I would never go back. They're mm-hmm. they're really fantastic. And finally, just in terms of the Titleist golf ball. Any changes to the golf ball or different options that Titleist is giving golfers of different handicaps? Well, they they have you know it's a broad array of balls, which they said they would never do. Um, they've done, whether it be the Velocity, the AVX, the Tour Soft, uh, the Pro V1, Pro V1X. Um, so there, there's a ball in there for everybody. But I, I I don't know if we talked about it last year, but the AVX ball, everybody on my staff plays this ball. It's lower priced than the Pro V, Pro V One X. As I say, they give them give them to us, so it shouldn't really matter. I've I picked up eight to ten yards with every club with this ball. It's it's incredible. Um, and so we we push people in that direction uh, if they're really up in the air as to what ball to play. I mean, the, the Pro V One, the Pro V One X are still the best selling balls in golf right. for a reason. But 
the AVX is the poor man's Pro-V, and I would recommend some uh, everybody out there try it if you haven't. And finally, John, the pro shop hours at Warren? Uh, it's, you know, 8 o'clock till dark, you know, seven days a week. Very good. That is a look at what's happening right now at the Pro Shop at Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame. And next we will peruse what's happening at Blackthorn with Tim on a future Mick Ultra Golf Show. We'll take our final break and we'll tell you what's happening at Blackthorn and Warren coming up next. The Golf Show presented by Mick Ultra 96.1 WSBT. We wrap up the Mick Ultra Golf Show by finding out what's happening at our two great championship courses in the area. Tim, we'll start with you at Blackthorn Golf Club in South Bend. The golf course uh, is open. going to be a great week of weather. Um, come on out to blackthorngolf.com um, and 232-4653. The Blackthorn card is still available. Absolutely. All right, check that out. And, John, it's over to you at Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean, the same deal. We've had a lot of play. Make sure you do a, you know, either an online tee time at, at warrengolfcourse.com or give us a call before you come out. Years past, I think you could just pop out and play whenever you wanted. That's not the case anymore. It's um, 631-4653 is the phone number. Guys, enjoy your weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Darren. Thanks, Darren. For Tim Firestone and John Foster, my name is Darren Pritchett. We thank you for joining us on the Mick Ultra Golf Show on 96.1 WSBT South End. Thanks for listening. This has been the Mick Ultra Golf Show, presented by Michelob Ultra, locally distributed by United Beverage of South Bend. Michelob Ultra, superior light beer. Don't compromise. Also sponsored by Bill's Heating of Goshen since 1951. For all your heating, cooling, and plumbing. Also by Pet Refuge, Leck Leitner Door, Sherwood Tire, the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, your local Edward Jones financial advisors. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. And OSMC, the Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Center. This has been the Mick Ultra Golf Show, heard every Saturday morning at 8 on Sports Radio 961 WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today.